I got to tell you, I'm a little winded right now. I was uh, out back praying in my office, and then I realized I was supposed to be up here. So, um, hold on. I'll catch up with you in a second. Man, it is great to be back here with all of you this morning. It is, an, it is Sunday, another Sunday, and it's not, man, I'm still winded. That was at least a 15-yard dash. I mean, <clears throat> um, it is great to be back here with all of you this morning. It's another Sunday, like I said. We can come and, and worship and praise our awesome God and everything he has done for us and through us through his son, Jesus Christ. Good morning to all of you who are joining us online um, it's great to have you with us. I'll catch up my breath probably about mid-service. <laughs> mid um, if you're new with us, welcome. Welcome to Vertical Church. We love the fact that you are here today and you're coming to hang with us. As we chase this life, what it looks like to live for and live with Jesus as the head of our lives. Uh, we're glad that you're here today. We hope that you enjoy your time with us this morning. Uh, we're getting into this uh, latest series, Semper Fi, and I want to share, if you've missed it last week, I want to encourage you to go back and, and check it out on our podcast. I don't know if you know that we do have a podcast. Um, it's free to listen to, free to download to, um, but it's, it's available for, uh, for you. And if you ever miss a Sunday, you want to share it with somebody, you can do that. But it's on all three major players. Could you show me that podcast slide if you would, please? If you could do that, that'd be awesome. There you go. So it's all, all three major players and go along with that. You can get into that and share it along. Um, we do that as a resource for you. But I, the reason I'm encouraging you to do that because today's conversation actually builds on the foundation of last week's conversation. So I want to encourage you to do that if you've missed last week as well. So before we get into this, I'd like to share with you what we're coming up next. Uh, what we're moving in next is a series called Sent. Now, I'm absolutely stoked for us as a church to go through this series together because of our mission as a church. Our mission is to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. That is our mission, to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. And the reason we want to do that is because that's what Jesus has called us church to do, to go make disciples of all nations and teach them and baptize them and show them the way it walks and what it looks like to walk with Jesus. And so in this series, we're going to walk this together six weeks to learn and learn together to equip us, to inspire us, to help us do just that, live out our mission in a practical way. And sent simply means uh, simple but effective needed testimony. Simply effective but necessary testimony means we need to be sharing what God is doing in our lives, sharing the testimony of what Jesus has done for all humanity, and telling people about that all around us. Why? Because one of our core values is found people, find people. So we kick this off next week. I hope that you will commit to this series. If you ever miss it, if you can catch us on Facebook and watch it online or pick it up on our podcast, but I hope you commit to this six-week series because here's the reality of this. The impact of this series is on your life could be endless. The impact of this series that could have on this church could be endless. And the impact of this series that it could have on our own community could be endless. It's one of those series that could set a direction for us for years to come. So I hope you'll come and be a part of that. Semper Fi. Semper Fi. Semper Fidelis. Always 
faithful. And that's their, 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 their slogan, what they say, always faithful, faithful to the core and faithful to one another. And this is a mindset that I believe that we can easily bring back to the church of always being faithful to, to God and to the people around us. Look at this up on the screen. It says, always faithful to God. We are always faithful to God. It means we love the Lord your God with all our hearts and all our soul and mind and strength. If you could go on to the next one, if you would, just kind of show the scripture, if you would, in Luke. Okay, I guess it's not going to show it. Or, anyways, anyways, always faithful. Boy, I'm... Oh, for two this morning. Um, always faithful to God. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You find this in Luke. And always faithful to one another means we love our neighbors as ourselves. That is the command for God's people, right? We are to love God with our everything and love all those around us with the same everything. We're sold out to love God and others. And that's why I think we can bring this, this simplify, always faithful to the core and faithful to the another, another around us the exact same way that we can live it out. That you, me, we as a church, we are created to live in community. Community with God and community with others. We can bring this into our life and easily transform how God has called us to live. And here at Vertical, we believe that this community is best lived in and fostered through our small group ministry. Where people come together. This is what our small groups are about. Where people come together and they do life together. We move in the same direction together. Becoming more like Jesus and less like the world together. It's where we pray together. Where we cry together. Where we praise together. It's where we do the battles of life together. That is our small groups. Now I mentioned last week that we are at war. We're at war. There's a battle raging and waging all around us. It's a spiritual battle. We can't see it, but man, we can feel it. And our lives, our souls are the object of that battle. We have an enemy and his name is Satan and he is crafty. And he's prowling around looking for someone to devour, a life to take down. And he and his minions, like it or not, they are researching our lives. They're researching our lives. They're, they're exploiting our weaknesses. They're tempting us to walk away from God, embracing everything he is selling, which is a lie. You know, he's the father of lies, and lying is his native tongue. It's what he speaks, and it's what he speaks to you on a daily basis. We are at war. We have a battle in front of us. And doing life together, knowing that you, me, we, we are created not to do life alone, created to live in community with others. And this is how God formed us, called us to live. And it's one of his greatest gifts given to us to, pray, to proclaim victory in the battle that we are in. I don't know about you, but I want victory. I want victory over the battles of my life. Do you want victory? That was not convincing. Do you want victory? Do me a favor, look at the person next to him and you tell them, I want victory. Now tell the person on the other side, again, you ignored them, tell them, I want victory. <laughs> we want victory over the battles in life. 
And when we want victory, we've got to use every resource that God has given us to proclaim that victory, to live out that victory in Jesus. And one of those resources is living in community with other people. So there's no hidden agenda. So you know really clear where I'm going today. We're going to walk through another conversation about living in community that God created us. And then I'm going to challenge you, church, to walk out those doors and step into a small group. All, many of our small group leaders are going to be out there this week ready for you to step in and embrace life with them. They're excited. They want you to be a part of it because they understand exactly what I'm saying, sharing this morning. Join a small group. And if you get out there and you walk and look at all the small groups like, hey, there's really not one for me. It doesn't fit my schedule. It doesn't fit my time zone. Great. Let's start another small group. Let's grab you and five or six of your other friends or seven of your other friends and join a, start another small group and walk through this together. That we become a church that is convinced that we can't do life alone. That we become a church that's committed to find and proclaim victory by doing life together. You know, back in uh, years ago, General Charles uh, Krulik, a four-star general, once wrote in an operational maneuver manual that the United States Marine Corps is responsible for pro providing power protection. Power protection. That's how I see our small groups. That's how I view our small groups. They are power protection for every single one of us, protection for our lives, real protection. Why? Because we have real people in our lives willing to stand by our side, facing whatever that we face together. And that's what we all need in our lives. Let's jump in. Let's open your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're starting at verse 21. We're picking up where a conversation that we had with Paul last week. Paul was a follower of Jesus, and he's writing a letter to a church, the churches of Corinth, that were missing the mark in many ways that God has called the church to live. There was arguing amongst them. There was division amongst them. There was separation on all levels. In fact, one of the main themes that Paul writes about in this letter is addressing that they were not living in the community that God called them to live. They weren't embracing the power of protection for one another. In fact, they were living for themselves in many, many ways. But as we step back into this conversation this morning, I want to rewind it just a little bit where we left off last week and see how it sets the stage for us today. Look at verse 18 on the screen. It says, but in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wants them to be. Friends, God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't make mistakes. And when it comes to his church, when it comes to the body of Christ, that truth is still the same. He does not make mistakes. He has placed each and every one of you here on purpose for a purpose. He has brought you into this community of believers that are chasing life to, with Jesus together on purpose for a purpose. It's not by mistake that you're sitting here. It's not by coincidence that you're hearing this message. It's by his will. 
And just as Jesus Christ, we're all part of the body of Christ. And Jesus, that's who we are, a part of the body of Christ. We are his church. And just as our human bodies are one body made up of many parts, his church is one body made up of many, many parts. And, but as we get into this this morning, you're going to see how Paul decides to get into our face a little bit this morning. Um, I want to study and read this. Like, Paul, this is kind of harsh, but I think it's absolutely true. Look at verse 21 on the screen. It says, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Can anyone say, gut check? I mean, come on. I mean, there's no way that we can look at this one verse and look around the people in this room and think, they, think or say, I don't need you. You're a part of the body of Jesus. If you're giving your life to Jesus, there's no way we can look at other people around this room and say, I don't need you. I don't need you in my life. I don't need you in my community. I don't need you. Why? Because everyone has value. Everyone has value. Continue reading verse 22. It says, on the contrary, those of you who are saying that that you can't be a part of the body, but you're not, those who are part of the body that seem, look at this, the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts are unpresentable, are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts, they need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So there should be no division in the body. But that its parts should have every equal concern for each other. Man, I love it when I'm reading scripture and it sets me straight how my mindset may be absolutely wrong. I may be missing the mark. Did you catch what Paul said? He says, in our own finite minds, we put label on, labels on people. We look at them and we place them where we think they belong. That mankind left our own devices will put value judgments on one another. I don't know about you, that hurts. I think that I could do that or will do that or have done that. And when you read this and think God is clearly saying that I have placed every single person right where I want them. And every single person has value. They have worth. They have a place. It's called the church. Now, I don't know what you're walking through this morning I have no idea what you're feeling or facing in life. But God, right here, right now, wants you to know that you have worth. You have value. You are valuable to him. I don't care what other people have said to you. I don't care what other people have done to you. I'm not sure what you're thinking right now may be wrong. You are valuable to God. You are so valuable. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. He has you with us for a reason. In this building, with us this morning, a part of this church, 
for a reason. You know, and maybe, maybe that's all you need to hear this morning. Because you walked in feeling like you didn't have worth. That you weren't valuable. Good man, I get it. Sometimes life is tough. It hurts. We don't think that we have value. We don't think that we have worth. We don't feel it. But it doesn't mean it isn't true. Everyone has value. Every single one of God's creation. So what does that mean for us, church? If this is true, if this is true, what does it mean for us? It simply means that we never leave a man behind. We never leave anyone behind. If God has placed value in every single one of his creations and every single one of his creations that in this room has value, then we need to look around the room and never leave someone behind. Every person has a name. Every name has a story. And every story matters to God. And it is our heart's desire to have their story intersect with his story and watch God radically change their lives. Your story cross his story. Jesus changes everything. So their story matters to God. They need to matter to us. We can't do life alone. We need to look at the people around this room and place the same value on them as God does. We're born to live in community, created to be in community, in his body for his glory. You know, the Marines, and I believe the other armed forces do this as well, they put their soldiers in platoons And then they break them down to units and they break them down to squads and then they break them down even further into their fire teams. And fire teams is the smallest group they're in and this group, they get smaller and smaller and smaller and they get to the fire teams. This is the most relational, personal time they have together. This group, they eat together, they train together, they fight together. At no time is it ever a good thing or acceptable to leave someone behind. This is your posse, okay? And we turn this around and look back at the church. We start small. Our fire teams, our most personal, our most relational atmosphere is found in our small groups. We do life together. So when life hits a wall, we have a small group there backing us up. Move this out to the squad and to the unit size right there. Those are our other friends that are in the church. And then you bring it out to the platoon. Well, that is the church. We are in this together. We're in a battle and a war together. And we should be looking around 
walking through the halls of our church, looking across the auditorium and identifying those who are around us who are not in a small group, who are not a part of a fire team, who are not doing life together. Why? Because they have value. And we don't want to leave anyone behind. We need to make sure everyone, everyone is connected to a fire team. Why? Because that's how God created us. Big church, squads and units, and doing a fire team together. And it's our job as a church to look and embrace and bring people along with us. Because here's the reality. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. Look at Paul goes back to verse 25. There should be no division in the body. There should be no division in the body, but all of its parts should have equal concern for one another. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the church of Jesus Christ living in community together, moving forward together. But unfortunately, we all have this innate tendency to create worlds that revolve around ourselves. That's what the world tells us to do. Look out for number one. Get yours. Me, myself, and I. It's not about me. You know, there's sometimes in my life where I get that, the wrong mindset. I want to choose to do life in my three-foot world that makes me comfortable and do life alone. And my wife, she is so patient. You should be praying for my wife. Maybe you've already realized that and you are, okay? But she reminds me that my three-foot world is not how God has called me to live. Community with others is what is needed. We are created for community. It's not about me, Rich. It's not about you. And when I get in those modes... There are some nights that I just don't want to go to small group. I just want to sit home, man, I have a hard day. It's been a, it's been a crazy week. I'm physically exhausted. I'm mentally exhausted. I'm frustrated as I'm chewing through something. I get in those modes and I don't want to go to small group. But when I do, God does something amazing. A truth is revealed, a heartache is open, my heart is refreshed, someone else rises up and takes their next step with Jesus. I've, I've seen it multiple, multiple times. And it's such a reminder for me that it's not about me. It's about living in community. Just this past week, as we were coming back to Smogger for the first time after Christmas, 
And I, we get there a little bit too early, or I try to get there a little bit early. And as every person was walking through the door, it was like a mini celebration. <laughs> it was like, hey, you're here. That's awesome. It was okay, you know, blowing up. No, we weren't blowing up anything, but <laughs> it was so wild to see how excited they were to be back together. That's what I'm talking about. It's not about me. It's about you and me living in community. Because when one part suffers, every part suffers. I used an analogy last week to talk about the human body, right? That at this moment, all of our bodies are working together to present the best possible us at this moment that we can be. And that's what happens in the church. We work together, fixing, struggling, praying, moving forward, presenting the best possible church of Jesus Christ that we can be because it's not about me, it's about our community. Our responsibility as a part of the body is simply to make sure we're turning around and looking and seeing if there's anyone that needs, that's in our platoon that needs to be brought in. To look around and see if anyone's being left behind and to get up, go over and grab them and bring them along in life with us. Ask them to join the journey with Jesus with us. By the way, that's exactly what it is, man. It's a journey with Jesus. Oh, our finished place at the finish line in heaven to be with him for all eternity is nothing short of amazing. But in this journey, it get, God's given us the opportunity to show the love of Jesus that we receive from Jesus to all those us around us. We're looking for platoon leaders. We're looking for squad leaders. We're looking for firearm leaders. We need to become a church of small groups. Not with small groups that's sitting on the outside of the ministry, you can try out if you like it. No, this needs to be the core of who we are. It starts in our kids' ministry. They have a big group teaching and they break up into small groups. It's brought into our teens and ignite their big group teaching and they, and they go into small groups. Well, that needs to happen with us. We're asking our mature believers to become mentor believers, to help growing believers grow further. That we are a church that no one is left behind because we can't do life alone. So if you're in a small group, that's awesome. Stay the course. Look around this morning to find someone to come with you. If you're not in a small group, right outside those doors will be multiple groups where you can go look and sign up for people eager to do life with you. They want you there. They want you to be a part of what they're doing, what God is doing in their lives. And again, I'll tell you, if there's not a small group that fits your bill, because you're, you're so busy, you're so scheduled, well, let's start one together. Grab a group of your friends and get into a group. And I'm going to ask you to do this because I want you to commit for this for six weeks. If you're like, oh, Rich, I'm not sure if this is really for me. I'm not even sure if I believe what you're saying is true. You know, join, commit it to it for six weeks. 
Starting this next week's Scent series, we're going to be walking through this series as a church, and all of our small groups are going to be going through it together, providing resources for them to walk through, to dig in deeper, what it looks like to reach people for Jesus together. What, how do we become more efficient in that? So I'm asking you to just do a simple six-week commitment to be a part of a small group. And if you can't get in a small group, start your own small group for six weeks. And then you make a decision. If you're meant to do life alone or together with the people who are around you for the last six weeks. That's a choice you have to make. I can't make it for you. But I want to challenge you over the last two weeks. This is exactly what we've seen. Created to live in community. And as a church, we can't leave anyone behind. Why? Because every single one of you in this room has value to God. And he wants you to walk in a community that you're created. That's simple. Challenges out there. You have to decide what you're going to do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Lord, I... Um, I know what small groups mean to me and how they just simply make me better. I'm so thankful for the people that you've put in my life to do life with. And Father, so I pray this morning that, that as a church, they won't hear my words, that they'll hear your words how you have called each and every one of us in this room to live in community with one another. Because we are your body, your church, and we function the best when we're doing life together. So Lord, I pray this, this just a series ends, but it won't end in, in our church that we will believe how you create us to live. We'll reach out to people that will be a church where we don't leave a man or woman or child or teen behind. Simply because you value them and we value them just the way you do. We can't say we don't belong. We can't say they don't belong. It doesn't line up to your word of truth. So I pray as a church, we'll take this challenge. We'll step out of our comfort zone. We'll push some barriers out of the way and be willing to be courageous. Man, I know, Lord, that living in, with other people in our lives can be tough. It could be even messy. So there is a, a moment of courage in stepping out in faith. And I pray for the individuals in this room who are feeling just that this morning, that you encourage their hearts. You are faithful. You provide. You continue to provide. God, this is your church. And it is our heart to honor you bring you the glory. 
and set our own wants and needs aside and understand it's not about me. It's about everyone else in this room. We love you. We worship you. In your son's name I pray. Amen. Right now I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward. If there is something going on in your life and you need prayer, you want to be prayed over, prayed with, I encourage you to come over, come up after service. That's why we are here. We believe in the power of prayer. If you're a guest today, please grab those Connect cards and, and visit us at the Orange Table. And the rest of you, go get in a small group.